0: so much for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. You're about to hear me speak on seven different mistakes that are commonly made when it comes to deficit phases and what you can do instead. If you totally resonate with this podcast, I'd absolutely love if you could share a screenshot on your socials tag fitandfree.podcast and Amy Louise coaching yours truly. And without further ado, I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset. All designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self at the same time. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and nutrition, and think of yourself as a perfectionist, i hear you i see you i was you and i know that you're in exactly the right place to turn that ship around and build a body you love inside and out so let's go let's spill the dirty dates on deficits now i haven't spoken (laughs) That actually sounded way better in my head i actually haven't spoken too much about deficits on this podcast before, so I'm very, very excited to get into it. Of course, it is one part of building bodies we love and it's not always necessary for everyone and that's perfectly fine. But for a lot of us, it will be, it will make up a small portion of phases that we go through when we're building a body we love. So what I wanted to do today was talk about the most common mistakes, what everyone gets wrong when it comes to deficits. And then we will also discuss what you can do instead to make sure you're really setting yourself up for just getting in and out when it comes to dieting. The first one is screwing up the start. Of course, we're starting at the start, but screwing up the start. So maybe the only real thought you have is, oh, my God, insert Influencer is hosting an eight-week challenge. I want to look like her, so sign me up, baby. And it's like you haven't thought about the fact that you've done this a hundred times before, it hasn't worked, and you keep on engaging in these deficit periods or dieting periods without actually reflecting on where are you now, what's worked before, what hasn't worked before, what can you do differently, all of those sorts of things, even how you're going to manage the deficit phase, how you're going, what what data points you're going to track all of those sorts of things. Like have you reflected on your mistakes and fine-tuned your life now because ideally what we want to be doing and and my successful clients all do this and I do this as well, whenever we move through phases, it's never a major change because we've got to a point where our whole lifestyle supports our training, nutrition, our mindset really at the highest level year-round. And by saying the highest level, again, I don't mean by being in an aggressive deficit. And I think that sometimes that just functioning super, super well as a high achieving woman who trains or lifts means that, you know, maybe you're always going to be in a deficit, but that's not the case. It's having systems that are habitual now that support our lifestyle that we love and and bodies that we love as a result of that. So by that, I mean, you've already got down pat consistent training sessions, like getting into the gym consistently isn't a problem for you. You already have consistency with meals. You never feel like you have to get back on track because you're never off track. And again, this doesn't mean that you don't eat any processed foods, you don't go out, you don't have alcohol. It doesn't mean that, it means you've sustainably been able to incorporate all of those things into your life and continue to progress in the gym and building muscle, like I say, fine-tuning that body you absolutely love. So it is really, really important that you have created a solid foundation for yourself before you get into a deficit. Now, I do want to, I do want to express a caveat to that because I have seen it, and I can't deny it, that sometimes really going all out in terms of making the commitment. It's it's really making the commitment, the decision that, okay, from now on, I'm really going to get my shit together. And for a small percentage of people, putting their potentially money on the line or something like that really will help them change. But they... They're making sure that what they're doing is creating a lifestyle that they can live forever. And I'm going to be discussing this soon. You know, it's it's those people who are taking the time and effort to really set systems in place. Okay. So for example, if you are like, yes, signed up to this challenge or deficit or whatever and, um, have you thought about if you plan to train at, say, 5 o'clock in the morning every morning for the, for the duration of that challenge or whatnot, are you prepared to do that post-challenge? like is that something you're prepared to do post challenge if you plan to cut out all processed foods and alcohol is that going to be sustainable post a deficit are you already running on caffeine and no sleep high stress and yet you think adding this other layer of stress because being in a diet is is significantly stressful to our bodies is that going to be smart or are you going to fall in a heap in within 2 3 weeks Quote unquote, fall off the bandwagon, wait around for two months, and then sign up to another challenge and pretty much repeat just some kind of version of this. Okay. So it is really important that we don't screw up the start that we've planned, we've strategized, we've got the support systems that we need, we've told our family, we've told our friends, and we're looking that this deficit is going to is going to just be a part of our our life our lifestyle in future of building and maintaining a body and health that we're really really excited about long term the next one is relying on motivation so if you have evidence in your life of being motivated committing and then fading away into the distance so if you've seen evidence in your life of this being you if you know even if you're someone who says finding motivation is a problem it's a red flag that you're this person okay so if you're relying on motivation and you you've seen this pattern of behavior before there are two things you're going to need you're going to need to have a think about what your goals are what do you want to achieve through this deficit and what do you want to achieve after the deficit so what is your bigger overarching goal and what's the goal for the deficit and you have to be really honest with yourself is this what you truly value and prioritize because I must I have seen it before, someone saying, yes, I absolutely want to lose two, three, four, five kilos, like a hundred percent. And at the same time, they are not committed, not willing to minimize alcohol. They're not committed or willing to reduce eating out four or five times a week. There's are so many things that they're actually not willing to do. And it's like, look, that's, it's totally fine. You can want to lose two, three, four, five kilos, but doing exactly what you're doing now isn't going to bring about that result. We're going to have to make changes and you're also going to need to commit to continue through feeling uncomfortable. So is the result really valuable to you? And it's sometimes, you know what, it's really hard to say, actually, it's not getting fucked up with my friends is, is way more valuable to me. And, that might hit you in the face a little bit, but as if you're honest with yourself, it's going to be a lot less stressful process. And the second layer is sometimes we can be, we can fall into this motivation trap with all good intent. It's just the lack of accountability that can really throw a spanner in our works. And I've got to admit that I am up here too. I think I, not I think, I know I get the best out of myself when. I have the structure that accountability affords me. So, like checking in every week is something that I highly, highly value. And would I do it on my own? I'm thinking I probably would because I can see, like especially with my business, it's something that that I do on my own. <laughs> I, I check in with myself every week. I As funny as this might sound, I have a CEO meeting with myself every Monday morning at night and it's something that I've been able to do. But I, I have that structure in there to stay accountable. And if this is a habit that you haven't already built, building it in to a deficit phase where you're going to be probably a bit more tired and hungry than usual it it may fall short if you don't already have that habit in place so again if you don't if you don't if you can't be accountable to yourself and if you if you don't have the discipline with the structure making sure that you're hiring a coach or a friend, although I haven't really seen those friendships or those uh, friend-based accountability structures work very well, making sure you have some sort of system of accountability and that you have been super, super clear in terms of exactly what you want to get get out of the deficit and achieve so you have a very clear image of what you're working towards or what you're moving away from could be just as compelling. And you have to be really honest with yourself that, yes, Out of all of these things in my life, this is going to be what I am going to prioritize um, and setting some boundaries within that. The next problem is not having a time frame. And I see this a lot with the women I speak to in the DMs. It's like, yes, I'm in a deficit, uh, but I've just been sort of doing it for months and I'm kind of compliant. I mean, sometimes I'm compliant, sometimes I'm really not, and they've just been floundering along and maybe it's been six months and their goal is still to be in a deficit and yet when we actually look of their food consumption their energy output and all of those sorts of things it's maybe every second or third week they're actually in a deficit overall and giving you a time period could really help prevent this this error because I mean, shit, you only have, say, you give yourself 12 weeks or 14 weeks or something like that. Like, that's all you have. And then you know you're going to be out and eating at a maintenance calorie intake for, say, three months at least post that. It's like, shit, I better get this job done now because I know in, in order to support my health and well being, I'm going to be out at maintenance for another three months. Right. And, in terms of how i want to look the goals i want to achieve how i want to feel all of those things i need to be compliant within this 12 week block or else i you know i'm not going to get another chance maybe even for that year right so it can also help because of course in a deficit we need to be in a in a deficit of energy which can be challenging like you're going to be hungry at times you're probably going to be a little bit more tired at times you definitely have to set boundaries if you're particularly social or tend to eat out a lot those things will need to be reduced so you will have to change your lifestyle a bit and understanding that that's not forever can really really help you understanding that that is for a limited period of time uh, until you get to you know turn the dial in a different direction in terms of eating at maintenance so setting a time frame for yourself is really important the next one is going to aggressive and it's like again if you set a time frame this will help you with identifying how aggressive you need to be. So I would I would actually set how aggressive you're going to be not based on a time time frame. I don't think working to time frames is the best thing. I mean if you have to weigh in for an event like if you're a powerlifter or something like that then of course you've got a time frame if you're a physique competitor of course you've got a time frame but what I would actually do is ask like personality wise are you someone who is going to be able to handle an aggressive deficit better or are you someone who's going to be able to handle a more conservative deficit better that's really where I look to making your time frame work for you so if you really want to get in get out and you think that being quite aggressive sooner is going to be the right way to go for you then sure thing set say eight weeks And this is for the extremely disciplined person and I would typically say someone who really puts their deficit maybe in the top one or two priorities at that point in time and they have plenty of financial resources, mental resources, all of those sorts of things to prioritize this outcome. But if potentially you're a newbie, if potentially you've had some bad experiences in the past, Or you're just generally a little bit more relaxed uh, overall, then I would suggest something more conservative. Okay. Uh, But for for almost any, like almost anyone, except I would say potentially those people who maybe like a competitors, like I said before, where this is coming out in their top one to two values, you put too many rules and you will collapse. You really will um, fade away. So it's important not to set too many rules, but if we have a time frame, like I said, we can manage the aggression of the deficit to make it more likely that we're going to be able to complete it and follow through. Because of course, that's the most important thing. You have to get to the end of it to be successful. Uh, there's no point in being 100% for two weeks and not being able to complete the deficit. Like it doesn't matter, you've not achieved anything. Even though for those two weeks, yes, you were 100% compliant, that's not enough to get a result. Okay. The next one is no progressive plan. So just say you have a whole lot of cards to play in a card game and you play like I don't even know how to play cards but just say you play them all at once <laughs> I don't even know if that's accurate but you I think you get what I'm trying to say if you play everything at once then you've got to ride that out for however many weeks if you hit a plateau what the fuck are you meant to do then you have no idea so we really need a progressive plan in my coaching I actually do really talk about this with the women I'm coaching as we're going through check-ins and stuff. Like this is what's coming up ahead. So they know, of course, we have the overall plan, um, the overall phases of the plan, like how long the deficit will be, then will will there be diet breaks? Uh, When are they going to maintenance? for extended periods all of those sorts of things but it's also really important to say hey you know what I'm I'm thinking the data is looking like in a couple of weeks I'm probably going to raise your steps a little bit or I'm thinking in the next few weeks I'm probably going to reduce your calorie intake a little bit right or say we're coming into a deficit phase one of the reasons um or I explain that, you know, one of the reasons why I'm, I'm going to be increasing protein soon is to help minimize the loss of any muscle mass that might happen in a deficit phase. So I'm I'm always front-loading my clients with, hey, just to give you a heads up, this is what's going to happen in the, new, in the next few weeks in terms of that sort of micro detail so they know what to expect, they know what's going to happen. If you don't know what to do, if you don't know what tools are available to you, you just play them all at once and then tell that... You don't hit a plateau, but look, almost everyone hits a plateau. If we're doing something for longer periods of time, it's typically going to happen for most people. And then we need to have another card to play to continue to maintain that deficit over time and get the result that we want. The next one is having no plan post-diet. This is super, super dangerous. This is definitely one of the things that causes causes yo-yo dieting behavior that we absolutely want to stay away from. What we really want to do is stay out of deficits for as long as possible, or at least have big gaps in, in between them. Otherwise, uh, we're not going to give it a chance for our metabolism to adapt. And every time we enter into these fat loss periods, it can actually then become harder and harder each day each subsequent deficit, again, depending on your own individual hormonal situation, uh, your own dieting history, how many years have you been dieting for all of those sorts of things, but it really, really can add up. So we do want to make sure to mitigate all of those negative impacts. We want to make sure we have big bouts of being at maintenance, just being at maintenance, de-stressing a person as much as we possibly can to make sure that when we do want to get into a deficit, it's pretty damn easy. It's pretty, I say easy, which is relative, but it's smooth sailing. That's what I should say, you know, that we're getting a result that we would anticipate. That is what I would say is easy. And you don't have to run yourself into the ground with hardly any calories and heaps and heaps of cardio if we've been really intelligent about this, okay? So we need to make sure that we understand what's going to happen with our nutrition post the diet. So for most people, for most lifestyle clients, I would say it's pretty much just going straight back to their new maintenance once the diet is finished i say new maintenance because just say you've lost five kilos your total daily energy expenditure um, will be or your basal metabolic rate will be slightly lower depending on what activity you're doing your total daily energy expenditure will maybe lower as well but of course because of the bmr that TDEE calculation will be a little bit lower than when you started because you're not carrying around that extra weight, right, that needs to be supported. So understanding that your new mate you probably go straight back to your new maintenance that will be lower than the maintenance calories that you started on and of course from there potentially trying to build those calories up to see how high you can push your maintenance ceiling in terms of cardio what's the plan with cardio will you cut it out straight away understanding again that that will have impacts on your macro calculations or your calorie intake needs uh, or will you taper it off uh, are you going to be starting up any new forms of cardio? Are there any sports that you're playing or anything like that? And then again, what's going to happen with your with your training? For whatever reason will the amount of training days change? Will the type of training days, uh, the type of training change or anything like that? But totally understanding what all of that is going to look like. And then I would highly recommend having a new goal in place. Uh, to commence straight away. This is critical cool to do because what can happen is you can finish the deficit. You're so amped up. You're seeing changes so much faster. Typically, towards the end, there's like the second half of a deficit, you might be seeing changes weekly. It gets really fun, really exciting. Typically, you know, you're really happy with what you're seeing in the mirror. There's plenty of progress happening. And that changes uh, at a maintenance calorie intake. Let's be real. Like gym sessions will probably feel much better at maintenance and you're going to have highly likely better wins in the gym, less sort of fatigued-based days. But for some people, that's not enough. They need to be working towards something more not tangible, that's the wrong word, something more overarching than that. So even setting even setting a, a maintenance period photo shoot, that can be super, super fun. Or setting some sort of specific training goals can be really, really fun. Um, but just having a new goal to work towards straight away is going to be really important. Or even just saying, making sure you have say okay I'm going to do four months at maintenance or five months at maintenance six months at maintenance and then I might either try surplus or a deficit or something like that just knowing how long that next phase is going to go for and what the intention is okay so my intention with moving into this maintenance phase is to significantly build xyz muscle groups right and then you've got your programs based on building you know moving more of your training volume into building those muscle groups so at least you've got a super super plan you've got a very specific intent in the gym post deficit phase very very important to treat your maintenance calorie phases with the same with the same intensity and focus as you would a deficit phase and I might speak on this A little bit uh, later as well actually if you if you want a presentation where I go through how to set yourself up for really successful maintenance phases uh, definitely message me on the fit and free podcast Instagram which is fitandfree.podcast and I'll be able to share that presentation with you but it's absolutely critical because the biggest amounts of physique change are happening in those maintenance phases. You know, it's not in the deficit phases. All you're really doing in the deficit, deficit phases, of course, you're in a, a more optimized. Well, you're in a in the position to lose body fat, but in terms of building muscle mass, especially if you're not a newbie, it's it's possible, but it's so it's so challenging. Like I said, if you're a newbie to the gym, it's going to be much easier and it's possible. But if you're not, if you're fairly well trained you're probably not going to build any muscle mass at all during a deficit and you're actually at risk of losing it. So these periods of time, we're not actually think of making any improvements in terms of muscle mass at all, like none, zero, zilch. So especially if you're doing this, spending six months in a deficit, you're you're wasting so, so, so much time in terms of improving your physique. And maybe you're kind of even not even getting a great uh, fat loss result. So everything's kind of shit. And then, like I say, you go into this maintenance phase where you don't really care about your training and you're just doing jack shit all year round when we're engaging in these really, really poor habits. So the final one, I'm leaving the best to last, is placing too much weight on your scale weight. And I've said that on purpose. (laughs) But it's so, so, so true. So, so often women at the start of their journey aren't seeing any changes in scale weight and because the consistency hasn't accumulated yet, they're getting very, very upset that even though they're taking all the habit or action step boxes, their scale weight's not coming down. Now, this is one of the reasons why it's super important to take photos, take measurements, uh, take photos and measurements, and, of course, make sure you're tracking your consistency and compliance because more often than not, we're seeing, I've, I've seen for a woman who's staying the same weight on the scale but significant measurement changes right and even in photos like being able to fit in a pair of jeans that she couldn't button up before there is crazy crazy things that can happen and it's just body recomp it's just body recomp and it's really hard to say who this is going to happen to i mean if you've had a history of this happening to you before then you'll know this is you but for some people they don't see significant changes on the scale potentially for months or years but what they do see is a huge change in the way their physique looks and a really big change in uh, distribution of measurements so waste typically will come right down um, and that's such a good sign that we're losing body fat, even if the scale isn't changing. But if you aren't taking your measurements, if you aren't taking your photos, and if you're dismissing that data point, and you're just saying, well, nothing's working because my scale weight's not going down, you're absolutely missing the forest for the trees, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And you might even develop a really negative attachment to your body image, to food nutrition, uh deficit phases in general where it doesn't have to be that way you're getting the results and it's like Uh, If I ever see this sort of started to creeping in with clients, I will ask them to just totally disregard the scales. We're not going to weigh, use weight as a a data point anymore. It's not useful for everyone at all. And as a coach, I can work without it. Absolutely, it's easy. I just need to look at compliance, look at photos, look at measurements, and we're good. I know what's going to happen. So it's really, really important that if you know you're stuck in this cycle of placing far too much weight on your scale weight and it's leading you to actions behaviors even just bullshit thoughts about yourself your self-worth your ability to do things like fuck that scale right off honestly it's not what is going to get you the results that you want in the long run that's engaging in the action and habits that you need to to produce the result not what the scale not what your scale weight says all right so I'm actually all done. This is probably one of the fastest podcasts I think I've recorded, but it is really important to discuss these common errors with deficit phases to make sure that if you are going to get involved in them, you're doing them responsibly, you're doing them really intelligently and you're making the most of them literally so you can get in, get out, stop wasting your time. (laughs) As well, like like I say, I'm sort of being a bit, I'm being a bit cheeky with that. Absolutely, there is a time and place for deficit phases. Of course, I engage in deficit phases myself. I just got out of one, I don't know, maybe six weeks ago, um, and going to get into a, a fairly fairly serious one next year before my comp. Um, I take heaps of women through deficit phases, and we're just making sure that we are implementing all of these. Really intelligent strategies and uh, mechanisms to make sure that it is successful. And once it's done, it's done and we can spend the rest of the year having heaps and heaps of fun in the gym, training really hard, building heaps of muscle and just maintaining a lean physique year round that we don't have to constantly yo-yo in and out of. So if you absolutely love this podcast, I would super appreciate if you could uh, share it on your stories, perhaps what your biggest takeaway was, what resonated with you. If you could tag at fit and and at Amy Louise Coaching, A-I-M-W E, Louise Coaching, I would super, super appreciate it. I've got so much love on this podcast. This is gonna be the 13th episode, and I really it's it's probably one of my favorite things to do. I love, I love speaking live, I love presenting live. But next to that, I think second to that is definitely chatting on these podcasts and getting the feedback from you in the DMs. It's just the coolest thing ever. And I honestly, I appreciate it so much. It means the world to me. So I hope that has been super, super helpful. And without further ado, I will catch you in the next episode.